0: it's just part of our dna to be creators that's what we came here to do everything you have everything that anyone that's listening has was once a thought and thoughts become things human beings are just sort of endowed with a birthright to create
1: in episode 14 singer songwriter and psychic medium ryan hagan talks about where creativity comes from and how to open up to your creative intuition The Jabberwocky. It's the voice that turns determination to doubt. It creeps in to confuse and convolute, to jumble and judge and dash our deepest desires to dust. Sorry. Not today. I'm Eric Quigley, a creative director, brand strategist, father, and type A entrepreneur on a mission to help creatives and business owners make the seemingly impossible possible. Brand therapy, imposter syndrome, corporate metaphysics, mental health, creative rehab, it's all on the table. Together, we're going to slay the Jabberwocky. Your session starts now. We are with Ryan, is it Hagen or Hagen? Hagen. Hagen. Okay, Ryan yeah. Hagen. Uh, he's out of Nashville. He is a singer, songwriter, and psychic medium, which is my, like, bing! Super excited to talk about that. So I'm going to turn it over to Ryan and let him introduce himself and all the amazing things he's doing.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you got it right. So singer-songwriter. Also had, in another life, within this lifetime, I was... In corporate America doing consulting and marketing oh, kind of yes. sold out and then the universe okay. opened the door for me to do some some pretty cool stuff with my music so that's kind of my transition out of the world of the normal <laughs> yeah. into the more creative um, the creative arts um, had a bit of a spiritual awakening sort of rediscovered things from my early life that I had otherwise kind of tried to suppress. I was raised conservative Christian, which is okay. you know, no judgment about faith traditions or anything like that, but not so welcoming to some of the beliefs that I have now. Mm-hmm. So it was it was pretty wild there for about three, four years. Um, a lot of changes, the pandemic was nuts for my music career because the very time you would expect people to be suffering, my career actually started to take off and then it opened the door for me to start using some of my, let's call them abilities. Um, and yeah, so I have a private practice here for myself with, um, mental health coaching As well as using my my spiritual gifts or abilities, and still doing the singer songwriter thing, so I got a lot going on. But it keeps me keeps me busy and keeps things interesting. So yeah,
1: I love that. I love those kind of like you know very contrasting kind of mixes that people have. And I say you know the interesting thing about you, especially with the music and the kind of the abilities, um, the the psychic psychic mediumship, and even I think you um, what I read about, you know, you having uh like reiki practice and things like that or that is that like crux between um like otherworldly and creativity, right? And how that kind of merges. Um uh, so I'm super interested to get into that with you. Before we do though, I really want to know about your like epiphany and how yeah. this how this like how the mediumship came about.
0: Yeah. So, actually, when I was really young, I had a lot of experiences. Actually, I meet so many people, even skeptics, who they can all say that they've seen something or heard something or experienced something. My sort of telltale was when I was actually looking backwards as a child. And I'm like, oh, my God, I thought my maternal grandmother was just hanging out with our family. She had passed away years before I was ever born. And so I knew what she looked like. I sort of had an awareness of kind of her energy, you know, what somebody's smell would be or what somebody would feel like just being in the room or around. And I can remember distinctly, I had um, started to try to learn how to swim. And we had a pool in the home that I grew up in until I was about four or five. Mm -hmm. And I had um, kind of lost my consciousness and I was com- kind of coming back, you know, it was one of those moments where you're like holding your breath and then you get dizzy. Mm-hmm. And then I just look up and I see her like fully clothed, like just standing by the pool. And she's like, you're going to be okay. I just, just breathe. And I'm like, you know, getting my breath back. And then I'm sitting at dinner and you know, she's over there in the kitchen. And, and so that was my first real experience of having kind of one foot on the other side. Yeah. Um, The spoiler alert is that I actually think we all have some connectivity to Mm -hmm. other dimensions or other worlds. It's just a matter of whether we're kind of attuned to it and can Mm -hmm. access it. Mm -hmm. And I think because it's taught to us to be sort of crazy business, we suppress it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened with me. And it became something that actually spooked me. And was scary and seen as kind of like a curse or maybe it was of the devil or something versus, oh, I have this sort of proclivity to be able to pick up on things. So that was my first like real experience with it. And then I'd say part B of that is that right around when I was seven, we had just moved. There was a very crotchety old woman that lived next door to us and she wound up actually taking her own life in her home oh wow okay and you know i just remember waking up in the middle of the night like four in the morning or something and ambulances and police cars were by the house and so we knew something had happened within a week we found out what happened and that weekend i'm in my bed at like nine o'clock, like trying to go to bed, you know, for my Monday classes or whatever school. And I'm like, there's something in here and I can see sort of like a mist. And then I just pull the covers over my head. And the only reference for God that I had at the time was Jesus. So I was like praying to Jesus, like, take this away. I'm so scared. Cause I was taught that it was bad. I was taught that it was spooky. So, and for better or worse, it was honored only for it to all come sort of flooding back with a vengeance um, during my spiritual awakening during my adulthood. So I would have little moments here or there, sort of in the interim. Yeah, but it wasn't really accessible in the way that I'm using it now. So wow. it's kind of the kind of the trajectory. Oh my
1: god! So I mean, I I agree with you that all of us kind of have this something there it's that like i don't i don't know if it's you know with you it's you are talking about a spiritual awakening i don't know what it kind of takes sometimes to either jump into it or or just allow it in right or you know or for it to be always kind of closed off but um so you're like i said bringing it kind of back to creativity i'm i feel and i've always felt this way that you know as creatives, we just have this like, the ability to like download, right? Like just, it just happens. And it's like split seconds sometimes. Right. And I, I'm interested based on your abilities, where you, where you think, and because you're a musician, right? Where that, where creativity comes from, like your feelings on that and what you, what that means to you. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: it does. Um, so I, won't pretend to be a neuroscientist, but sure. th- what my understanding of the latest sort of studies are is that our intuition comes in through sort of the right brain, okay. which is where we typically think of creatives mm-hmm. having their information sort of being processed. Mm-hmm. I will tell you my belief as of now, and this is based off of the science as well as kind of just my own experience with it. Um, reserve my right to change, reserve the right to change my mind here. But (laughs) what I understand as of today is that I really think that our brain is like a radio receiver and in the same way that you can't see the wind or, you know, you can't see the, the air necessarily coming out of your air conditioning vent or something like that per Mm se, um, the radio waves, the information, the download, as you say, yeah is there, but it's being received like a radio wave and your brain is the radio basically being tuned to receive it. Yeah. Um, so some people, when they have these moments where it's like a download or what have you, it's like that flow of information is coming to you. Mm-hmm. And that's my sense of how we might receive something that we would have no logical left brain way of being able to come up with. Um, I, I'm a little skeptical that everything that's creative comes from another world. You know, I don't so so much believe that I really do think that like, it's just part of our DNA to Mm -hmm. be creators. Like that's what we came here to do. Everything you have, everything that anyone that's listening or watching has was once a thought Mm -hmm. and thoughts become things. So I do think that, human beings are just sort of endowed with a birthright to create. But also there's some things like writing music that I have no idea, yeah. like what some of the stories are that I've written. Yes. I just kind of go and just do it.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think you're, I do think you're right too. I mean, we're trained so much to kind of rely on left brain that unless you're in an, a creative industry, you've kind of got this, like, I'm not creative. I'm not this thing, but I do. I, yeah. It is an inherent kind of thing, but Bo- both are inherent. Right. Um, but kind of having that balance between that strike of inspiration and all of the logical things that lead you to that inspiration at the same time. Right. Cause you're taking things in, especially as a creative, right. You're taking things in around you, but then there's that, you know, I guess it's sometimes it's that like strike of whatever it is that kind of puts it over the edge sometimes for me. So yep. I'm uh, do. Okay. Let's just go into this now because it's, just right off the tip of this, if people aren't open, right. Because you've gone through this, right. Mm -hmm. How, how do you become open to something like that? Right. Like how can I guess, you know, really enhance our ability to download and even just lean into our own, like voyance, whatever that may be, you know, how, how would you go about doing that if you were to either do it again or even for how it happened to you?
0: Yeah. Well, kind of staying with my theory about the brain being the the radio Mm -hmm. that receives the radio waves. I think that if the brain is in the right frequency or the right state, then it can happen. So, like, let's say somebody is partaking in some sort of, you know, recreational drug. Yeah. Or maybe had a few beers and they're buzzed or something. That might be a little bit of a window for them to experience either seeing something or having these sort of profound thoughts, right? Like that's kind of one of the jokes of people that like smoke weed. It's sort of like, yeah, man, like I just feel like, you know, the world would be such a better place. (laughs) And a lot of musicians that I've worked with, like they partake, I don't necessarily have to because my drug is meditation. Like That's not a judgment on people that partake sure. in a drug. I think it's totally cool you do you. Um, I just don't necessarily need to do that in order to get my creativity because for me, the way that I sort of stay in alignment or stay in that right frequency is through meditation. It's training my mind to not go to these really crazy states that we consider normal in today's culture. Mm -hmm. Um, That's normal is kind of a myth. I I feel like the, what we're used to in today's society, like the go, go, go the constant having something to do, having boxes to check off and just never really checking out and being able to allow ourselves to rest. Mm -hmm. That's where anxiety comes from, you know? So, So my sense is that for me, the reason that it all started coming back in a more consistent way is because I decided to start meditation like really crazy idea, but I had tried everything and I was like, Oh my God, fine. You really don't really like I was such a skeptic. I thought all this stuff was bogus and it took me having to try that to get into this place where I was like, okay, Whoa, I don't know what just happened, but that was really cool. It was really exciting to see the world open up and I just kind of got hooked and kept doing it. So I think that that's, how people can do it mm-hmm. more. Like, I I think if you want to experience it more, um, that was just my way. So
1: how did you get started? Because I, I don't, you know, I'm very type A. I'm very, like, probably similar to how your former self was <laughs> and going, yeah. I can't even yeah. quiet my mind. I can't, you know, whatever. So how do you, because I do, the more that I read about it and the more that I talk to people like you, it's very, become very apparent to have this ability to, I call it maybe even self-policing or just time to sit with yourself and kind of release all of that go, go, go and all of the things and the tasks. So how did you get going with it that it, you know, even from a place
0: of skepticism? Yeah. When I was in college, I actually had struggled with some depression Mm -hmm. and I did what every kid that's trained in Western culture does. They, you know go online and then they go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so my doctor did what he was trained to do, which is give me a pill. And for about a year, I felt lifeless and numb and just sort of like, Oh, just that blah feeling. And it's not to say that medicines aren't effective because the medicine did what it was supposed to do. It balanced me out mm-hmm. it, it sort of helped. And so I'm not knocking medicine or anybody that takes medicine. I think that's completely fine. But for me, you know, seven years later, it was like, okay, I, I can't do that again. Like I just cannot go Mm -hmm. back to that sort of just blah state. So I kind of started doing some research and everybody was talking about the meditation buzz. Like that was even in mental health, kind of the new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started trying it hated it absolutely hated it at first i was like what in the world am i doing this is terrible i'm thinking about my grocery list you know yeah yeah. the breakups that i've had i'm thinking about you know i gotta take the dog out like just all the things that come to your mind yeah and um what a good meditation teacher will tell you is like that's the surface don't identify with it don't observe it just keep going just stay with it the irony is, is you are meditating. That is a part of the meditative practice is going through that sort of superficial line. So you're really? not doing okay. it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's allowing your, your mind to unwind. So, and then I just kind of st- stuck with it and I started trying some guided meditations. There are some meditations that you can do that, kind of allow you to visualize connecting to the other side. And so there's other things that you can do to Mm -hmm. really experience it or explore it. Yeah. Um, The latest is that there's a technology called binaural beats. Yes. And binaural beats can help you to get into a particular brainwave state. Um, Alpha or theta would be like a really relaxed state. Theta is the state that you go into. It's considered the meditative or imaginary state. And it's the one that you go into literally right before you fall asleep. Yeah. It's the one that you have right before you, right as you wake up. Yeah. So those are the states that you experience kind of this, like, oh my gosh, wow. You know, there's something bigger (laughs) that's the meditative state. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to venture to guess it's probably part of the reason that half of my ideas come in that space where I'm like, you know, and yeah. of course it like starts it all over again. Cause I've got to get my phone out and put type in my, whatever before it goes. But yeah, that right. makes
0: total sense. I love that. And how many musicians or creatives like yourself have yep. had downloads in the shower. Yes. You know, yeah. It's like yeah. relaxed that sort of monotonous drone of the water hitting the, the tile or whatever. And, and it's, it's warm and it's sort mm-hmm. of relaxing your nervous system. It's easing everything in your body That's and your mind is like okay, I'm safe. It's okay. I don't have to have my defenses up right now. Yeah. That's when everything comes in. Oh my god. So what's
1: your, um, what's your music process like now? What is that? And I like how does, just any any part of that process really? I'm assuming part of it involves meditation. But what do you what do you go through to get to kind of like beginning end of a song?
0: Well, here recently, I've been waking up with a lot of melodies from my sleep. Okay. There's that. Okay then. <laughs> um, I've had people that have texted me, like my manager Anya, she texted me last year and she had like a dream and she was told she's supposed to tell me the title of a song and like some of the lyrics. And I was like, Oh my god, these are great. <laughs> so little things like that will happen. <laughs> but the standard like nine out of ten times. Yeah. I would just so I play piano. So okay. And everybody thinks I play the guitar I think because I live in Nashville It's like you're supposed uh, to It's like a municipal Like,
1: like a, a, like a <laughs> rite of passage You're like right. I have to play the yeah.
0: Exactly but I play the piano So my deal is I'll just sit And I'll just kind of allow Whatever feels right to start to play out And I'll just start playing a melody And I'll kind of stay with it And then the lyrics come to me Then the story will come to me And sometimes I'll literally see it Sort of like in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Yes. Other times I'll be driving, and just you know, when you're just kind of like tuned out, you're on the freeway or whatever, and then I'll hear a melody in my head, and that's again when I'm just like really relaxed. So then it's terrible because then I have to pull over. Yeah. Pull out my phone. Do a do a I'm iPhone audio note or whatever. do 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 yeah whatever you yeah. got to do to get yeah uh-huh, exactly to get it I out. have. Probably thousands of those. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah. And they're all like great. And that's wonderful. But that's my process. It's a little kooky. It's a little weird. But I would venture to say probably a lot of musicians, at least the ones that I know, have those same type of experiences. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think it's that far from how I work and I'm in, you know, the branding marketing industry. You know, it's very, it's visual versus audit. Because I, that's one thing. I mean, I always considered myself kind of a, what do they call that? Um, multi potential light. Have you ever heard that word? Or a multi, oh, wow. di- where it's very, like, it was one of those things when I was growing up, I was like, I like so many things and I could literally, I could go into a bunch of different things, but I had no idea what that means, right? So, but music has been one of the, and it's probably the only class I ever failed in college, too, literally, <laughs> where I was like, music blows my mind how people can kind of put that together. Yeah. But the process that you're kind of describing is very, even similar to my own, just being, being in different um, industries. But, I'm. How have you gotten to the point that you're you you come across as being very um, trusting of yourself and trusting of your gut, um, even being able to to take that sort of thing and pull over on the side of the road, and that's one thing that I've noticed in talking to other creatives. Be it you know generally they're across like graphic design and copywriting and things like that, but we've got a lot of you know we're dealing with clients all the time and those clients kind of tend to either put a damper on it or they're, you know, other creatives are like pressing in on how we feel about ourselves or whatever. How have you gotten to the place that you can totally trust what you're putting, putting out or putting down or feeling like it's worth it?
0: Yeah. Well, what you're describing is interesting. A client, maybe not connecting with the creative Mm -hmm. image or whatever that you've put out there. And it's such a, it's such a, crazy thing to think that somebody is leasing out their creativity to you yes, and then expecting it to be what they want, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a little, little interesting, but that being said, I would just like say for all the folks who do what you do and yourself included, like have some grace for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, but I will also say, I really believe that self-trust comes from doing growth work like Mm -hmm. healing inner inner child healing psychological whether that's therapy or meditation or all of the above um i really believe that we get taught in a lot of ways to distrust ourselves Mm -hmm. one of the big buzzwords that's out there right now is narcissism yeah. And one of the hallmarks of narcissistic abuse is to be gaslight. Well, gaslighting is mm-hmm. the word, but gaslit, Yeah. Or I guess whatever you would say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, so gaslighting is this idea of your reality should be questioned. Even people who aren't narcissistic that maybe unintentionally gaslight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody has an experience, they see it through their own, Two eyes, it doesn't necessarily fit the puzzle piece of your experience. You saw it a different way. Mm -hmm. Does that therefore mean that that person is wrong? It's like, no, actually, it's having a tolerance for the way both people experienced it. Mm -hmm. So I think that, like, even as children, we get raised into a culture where we're constantly trying to see ourselves through the eyes of other people. How do I look today? Is my hair okay? Does this go with that? You know, Does my shirt go with my pants? Is mom going to be okay with this B minus that I got on my math test? We're constantly evaluating ourselves based off of other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't we start Mm -hmm. to distance ourselves from our own sort of inner being. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a mental health crisis, actually the ability to trust ourselves also directly is connected and like directly proportionally connected to our relationships and the ability to trust other people. So, um, Brene Brown has a wonderful acronym for trust and it's, it's braving. It's a seven, seven letter word, um, boundaries. So, can you honor your own boundaries and honor somebody else's boundaries mm-hmm. R reliability. Can you not just do it once, but can you do it reliably a accountability? So can I then hold you accountable if you cross a boundary of mine, can I hold myself accountable? So I went into the candy jar and had a few, you know, whatever M&Ms or something. And I really told myself this week. So I got to hold myself accountable, right? Mm-hmm. Then V for the vault. So what you say, to me stays in trust and I'm not going to go share it. Mm -hmm. That one's pretty obvious with trust. I integrity, um, sort of staying in my integrity, which means like I'm going to not just talk about my values, but I'm actually going to practice them Mm -hmm. in for non-judgment, which non-judgment is literally, you can come to me, Eric, when you are in epic struggle and you can just be like, I am just, I'm in bad shape, Ryan. I need some help. Like God, just let me vent or whatever. And I'm not going to be like, Oh gosh, this is Eric again. You know, I'm going to be like, Oh my God, I see myself in him. How could I judge Eric? I've had moments like this before. Mm -hmm. And then G, this is the one I hated, which is, (laughs) which is generosity. And it's this concept that I can assume the most generous thing about you when something really catches my attention that might irritate me. So, you might have to be 20 minutes late to a coffee, you know, meeting or something mm-hmm. like that with me. But if my first thing is, you know, Eric, always lazy. I'm sure he just thinks that I'm like, you know, third, fourth priority on the list. So, of course, he would be late. Mm-hmm. So, braving, <clears throat> B-R-A-V-I-N-G. And that's how you establish trust with yourself. It's how you establish trust with others. Wow. It's, it's directly connected and that's something that I think that like the better we can do, it's going to be so easy for us to trust our intuition and yeah. pull over on the side of the road. When you have that like creative hit, because you're worth it. You, what you bring to the table is worthy. You know that it is. Yeah. Um, so to me that it, you're so spot wow. on to connect those two. I love that. Oh my God. Look at this. Everybody better
1: be writing this down right now. How long, <laughs> how long have you, how long have you been like practicing this? How long have you like, cause I, I mean, I know the author, I know, I've never heard of this kind of concept before, but how long have you been, like, kind of implementing this?
0: <clears throat> oh, gosh. Really, ever since her book came out, I'm trying to think which one it comes from, because she's written, like, four books, so, I, I was going to say,
1: she has a few out, four, yeah.
0: F- yeah. I would say it feels like four or five years that I've okay. had that sort of concept, that, that, the braving acronym, mm-hmm. I've had that concept for, for self-trust. I love but that. But my my mental health journey started when I was in college, you know, when I started the medicine and everything, and I was just really struggling as a lot of college kids do. I started going to see a counselor and I've just always thought it was important. I think everybody, just like they have a doctor, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. I think everybody should have a counselor. That's my bias. It doesn't work for everybody. Right. Yeah. uh, Talk therapy is not for everybody. Yeah. I think most of us could, even get something out of nine, 10 sessions or something like mm-hmm. that. You don't have to go for years.
1: Like I do. Yeah. Um, just to be able to get it out, just to be able yeah. to, you know, put it to somebody that's non biased really.
0: Yeah. And have somebody it. validate you. Mm-hmm. And when you start to go down that, like not trusting yourself path, somebody that's independent and trained can go, Hey, let's, uh, let's get back on to the path. Right. Yeah. And yeah. You can't really do that for yourself in the beginning at least. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh
1: my. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, two things for you. Number one, um, what's one thing that you would want to share with anybody listening right now can be on topic, off topic, anything that you're feeling. And then I want to know about your craziest mediumship experience because you know, that question was coming.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) um, Gosh, one thing I would want to share with anybody. It also can be
1: just a recommendation of something. I love book recommendations, anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I would say I think most of us get taught that there's something about us that's inherently bad that especially coming from like the faith tradition that I do. So maybe this is my own projection on your, on you and your audience, but growing up in the South, you Mm -hmm. know, it's the Bible Belt, And part of the theology is that there's like inherent evil in each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And I actually think it's just the flip. I think we come here like pure, perfect little beings Mm -hmm. and we get socialized into a world which is very imperfect Mm -hmm. and we're wired for struggle. So don't get me wrong in saying that, like, I think each of us is perfect, Mm -hmm. but my sense is that we start to absorb at a very young age, a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. And so shame is this, I am bad. I am, you know, I have a defect You know, so whether that's your sexuality, whether that's your race or your ethnicity, whether that's the fact that you were the slowest reader in second grade, um, whether that's the fact that you had to wear glasses, whether that's the fact that you were chubby or you still struggle with your weight, it's something inherent in you that, you know, you're broken. Mm -hmm. Versus, we're all wired for struggle. Those struggles look different for each person. And The difference between guilt and shame is very, very important. Most people think they're the same. They're not. They're actually 180. Guilt is I've done something bad. So guilt is I'm getting ready to change lanes and I cut the lady off in the other lane. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I did something bad. I'm a great person. I normally knock it out of the park. I'm a great driver. But in this case, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Shame is I am bad. I'm I'm fill in the blank and that there's no window for improvement. Yeah. I'm dumb versus that was dumb. I'm fat versus I'm heavier than I'd like to be but I can I there is a way for me to lose weight. You know it's yeah. like the difference between your static versus your your agile. And so mm-hmm. that to me is something that like is kind of like my if I had a bully pulpit, that's yeah. what I would be preaching to the people right now because it disconnects you from the whole – it disconnects you from everything that's good. Your relationships, your own sense of self-worth, your intuition, your, mm-hmm. your own spiritual abilities. Um, that, so that's kind of my message right now, and I think that's like – that's the kryptonite. That's the kryptonite for us, shame. Yeah, and I think it becomes
1: – just speaking from my own experience, it becomes very normal. So it's hard to realize that that's what's going on. It's hard to realize that that is kind of like that damper is there and it springs up, right? Like it comes up in moments of, you know, well, I don't want to do this or this shouldn't be, I need to remove myself from this situation or whatever it is. But most other times it's kind of laying just below, you know? Um, So thank you for bringing that up because I think that's super important and any as I speak with more creatives and just kind of think more inwardly about the whole thing, you know, we're so, it's so emotion driven, right? That this, all of this has to totally impact it. So thank you for that.
0: hundred yeah. percent.
1: Now <laughs> not on topic of anything other than just my, my uh, idle curiosity here. Um, yeah. the, can you give us the craziest or maybe your most, um, kind of impactful, um, psychic psychic experience?
0: Yeah. Well, there have been many and it's not because of me, right? I'm not trying to like steal the, steal the, um, the clout here from the spirit world. I, I do do my best to be a clear channel. Um, but I've had some pretty cool experiences. I'll, let me see if I can come up with like one or two and i'll I'll be quick about it but sure yeah the first one i could tell you was really i didn't i walked into actually a group event so there were multiple people in the room um god i would say at least 15 maybe 15 or 20 Mm -hmm. and so it's weird it's like there's this radar thing that happens and um imagine that there's like five doors in front of you and you just pull, you know, you feel pulled to the left. Like that's kind of how it is for me. you you want to go through the first door or the second door to the left. Well, for me, like that's when I'm doing a group reading kind of what it's like. And then I know generally the area. And then I start to receive information about the person who's on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I just immediately felt that this person was, was a creative that they were they were showing me all these different instruments that they played drums, bass, trumpet, and they were really quite a character. Like they were a hoot. Like they were up there just, and it was almost like an SNL skit. So I'm like seeing them do all this stuff and they're being really silly. And I start describing them. I get a name. I'm not, I, I want to be honest, I'm not comfortable sharing the person's name, but it oh, is no, somebody that's, that's quite famous. Sure. And I didn't know that at first. And it just so happened that one of their best friends and somebody that they had written music with, Mind you, this person is like played in an act, like a band that's like a big deal. Big deal. So like I said it, you would know it. Yeah. And so I'm saying all of this and this person goes, Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's my best friend so and so. They played for the band so and so and they passed away, they took their own life. So I mean it was one of these really like just like Oh my God, I'm channeling somebody that's famous that I didn't yeah. even know. So it's like what are those type of things? But they are just normal people, you know. Well, so sure, yeah. Uh huh. It was it was interesting. And I I actually didn't know the person that I was reading for. I didn't I didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of us don't know the songwriters, right? We know Oh yeah the 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 famous person that's on stage mm-hmm. or on the album cover but you know we don't know the people that are actually in the background doing the music or whatever yeah. so and she's worked with you know taylor swift she's worked with like really big name people mm-hmm. and so I, and i didn't I, of course i know her now but yeah it was just one of those like major like whoa we are all so connected yeah so that was impactful for me because i think it was like one of my kind of like all time, like high up on the charts, like in terms of like recognition, like who this person would be. Yeah. The second experience is actually, it's one of those like murder mystery type of um, readings. Okay. And so once again, another group reading, it was for a birthday and I had gone across the room. I probably read for every single person and as I always do at the very end, I just ask, you know, did I not get to anybody or is there anybody that has anybody that they'd like me to try to kind of dial up? It's it's not how it works, but we can always try. Right. Yeah. And there was one girl I felt so bad for her. She was sitting off to the right, kind of like right in my blind spot. So I I don't know if it's that I didn't see her or just nobody had come through for her. Mm-hmm. But she mentioned that she had somebody in the spirit world that she wanted to connect to and she just wanted to see if I could kind of tune in for her. So I did. And I had a grandfather that had come through and that was in fact who she wanted to come through. And he was a, I saw him writing. So he showed me himself writing and she validated that because he was actually the editor in chief of the local newspaper in their small town, okay. in Kentucky. And as it turns out, he was doing a story on somebody that, you know, locally was pretty famous i think the person actually was like an attorney and um it was kind of a scandal about this person being like really in some illegal activity possibly Mm -hmm. the mob or something and they offed him (gasps) yeah and so she asked me she was like we've never known what happened we just know that he was at a gas station and just all of a sudden we get a call and he had been he had been robbed or, or he had been shot oh my gosh and i was like that person did it. And I gave them the name and they were like that is that is exactly what we've always thought, but the no police way. never really acted on it. Yeah. Wow. So in many instances, people want to connect to the other side to get some sort of closure or peace, sure. and this is like one of those variations of it when somebody dies in a way that's mysterious. Um and something like this is just like so First of all, it's violent, which is terrible. Yeah. But also like there's it just feels like there's loose ends. Like there's of course. not totally justice. And so mediums can can sometimes be a bridge. And in that instance, I like you know, I had had all these like really cool, like positive, you know, loving things and all we like end on this sort yeah, of like, like <laughs> true crime <Yeah. laughs> note. Yeah. So that's that crazy. was really fun for me. I mean, I say fun. It's a tragic, terrible, sure. thing, but as a medium, it was fun for me because there was a lot of stuff going on and I just was able to track it. And I was like, dang, I did good work. And sometimes I do this and I'm like, man, I was like 75% today. I need to meditate more, sleep better. or So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in this case, I was really proud of the work that we were able to do together because she was helping ex- sort of validate like, yeah, I think that was the henchman or whatever. So yeah. we put it together. It was it was a fun experience. But I was also glad that I was able to provide them some validation that, you know, they weren't crazy. They were right. He was offed and it was the person that they had suspected. And she didn't tell me any of that in the beginning. Yeah. So
1: that's yeah. huge. Oh, my God. That's fa- I mean, I'm totally I'm totally a believer. I'm totally down with everything that you're, you're, you're putting out. Um, I am interested, uh, how people can find you, how people can book to have readings, how people can book to have Reiki done by you, where people can listen to your music, all those good things. So can you give us the rundown?
0: Yeah. Well, I am on Instagram, so you can get me at the Ryan Hagan on Instagram and then my website to book, which you can get to there from my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. My website to book is musicmedium.co. Okay. .co. It's okay. not com. So that's my, my booking page and yeah, you can see all the services that I offer. I have clients that actually book packages and come to me regularly for like coaching or energy work. Mm-hmm. Um, some just come to me kind of onesie twosie, like just to get a reading. I have a lot of people that want to sort of test the psychic and, well, sure. you know, um, uh, which is fine. You yeah. know, that's part, you know, you're paying for a service. So it yeah. ought to, a person ought to be able to perform for you. Yeah. Um, so you can get me there, but I also have, uh, I put a lot of work into my socials because I want to promote you know, positive messages and maybe things that make people think. So I'd love for people to follow me on that journey as well. And I'm also really available. So if people want to email me or mess, you know, DM me or something, I I love to, to meet new folks.
1: Great. So I always love to, I'm the same way. I love to hear that. So, okay. Everybody go find the, go follow the Ryan Hagan on Instagram, do it to it. I'm going to thank you so much for doing this with me. Uh, It's been a pleasure and as with all these conversations, some amazing little nuggets came out of it. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Eric.
1: The Jabberwocky Sessions is a podcast written and produced by Uncommon Crowd. Visit us online at www.jabbawockeesessions.com or follow us on Instagram at Uncommon Crowd. Thanks for listening.